Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. I am coming to you from my home office in Sudbury, Massachusetts. It's a beautiful day outside. I'm looking out the window. The sun's out. I've been out already just to sit in the yard for a minute or two, and, and it's warm, and, and spring has definitely arrived. And, you know, we're amidst the pandemic, the coronavirus crisis, so just want to say off the top that I'm thinking of you, wishing you well, and, and we are hoping we can get through this uh, pandemic sooner rather than later, of course. But that all said, I want to get into Bob Cargill's marketing show and my discussion today with my good friend, my, my colleague on the AMA Boston Board of Directors, Brad McCormick. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing good. Um, I'm here live from the home office in Quincy, Massachusetts, they say. It's great to see you, Brad. I'm recording this on Zoom as well, so a video version of our discussion will will be available. I'll put it up as soon as possible, probably within a day or two after today's recording, but I'm recording it for my podcast, which I put up on Podbean, and wherever people listen to their favorite podcast, as they say, and I'll put it up all over social media. Brad, let's get right into it. Like, you know, I have done, believe it or not, this is going to be my 101st episode on on my podcast. Uh, right. So I've, I've got 100 of them behind me. Um, so people know who are listening and watching probably about me, and it's not about me. It's uh, Anyways, it's about you. I want people to get to know you, Brad. Tell whoever is watching, whoever is listening, all about yourself. All right. Well, I guess I will uh, go back to the beginning a little bit and uh, get to where I am today. But I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, graduated from University of Pittsburgh. And then I had moved to D.C. and lived a good part of my life in Washington, D.C., all the way up until just a few years ago. Um, so after I graduated, I actually worked at a radio station and I did uh, sales and marketing at, at the radio station. And then I got into the music industry and I became a uh, sales rep and did marketing work for record labels. I worked for Warner Music Group uh, the whole time I was in D.C. Um, worked out of the New York City office there, uh, working for all the labels, selling to retailers uh, from the military exchanges to you know Best Buy, mom and pop record shops. Um, then I got into e-commerce. And then I got into merchandising. So I, was, I uh, did a lot of stuff with music, physical recorded music. And then I started specializing in vinyl records when the vinyl records started making a comeback. And then I got into merchandising with T-shirts, hats, and hoodies. And I became the uh, national account manager for Urban Outfitters and sold them you know, millions of dollars worth of merchandise. And I uh, got to see you know, how they operated out of, out of Philadelphia. And then... Uh, I started working with some other e-commerce businesses and I actually launched some of my own e-commerce businesses during this time frame while I was working at Warner. I got into some uh, projects. Uh, I launched my very first Shopify store. I want to say, oh, it's, it's been quite a while now, but I launched it in the early days of Shopify. I think Shopify was around just a couple years and I had an idea to sell stadium nacho cheese. Huh. And, uh, I sourced it and I made gift kits up and I sold it through Shopify and it was doing okay. Um, and then I put it up on Amazon and then I blew out all my stock through Amazon. And I, I, the first time I sold it on Amazon. So I learned how Amazon worked. I started learning how digital marketing worked a little bit. And then, so I was at the record labels and uh, I had an idea for a product and actually got it right here. Um, so I was selling vinyl records to Urban Outfitters, dealing with e-commerce businesses and, and, and vinyl records. And I, I had this idea to make figures. Um, so Funko Pop was, started exploding. The little collectible figures with the big heads. I think you've uh, mentioned Newgate this comics to me before, up here in Boston. Right. Uh, what what do you have in your hand? Can you show us? Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. You... So 
I had the yeah. idea to take Funko Pop type figures and make a special base. And um, I made up a brand called Turntable Toppers, TT Toppers. TT Toppers with a Z. So this is the of packaging it. of the very first product I made. Look at you. Um, and this is what's in the box. So this little <laughs> figure. Look at him or her. It goes on this special base. And this base goes on your turntable. And he, spin, he spins oh, it Oh, that is out. clever. That is really clever. So I invested my own money, had it mass manufactured, shipped to me, and started dealing. Instagram was brand new back then. So started doing stuff with Instagram, uh, started doing stuff with Facebook advertising, just tinkering around with this stuff. <laughs> and then did, well, I was, did, and I was at Warner, and uh, I, I, you know, I got this background experience on the side, and then I had an idea to, to try and get – uh, vinyl catalog records made up and let fans vote on the records. So I kind of took ideas from like crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, um, and the, the capabilities Warner had to make records. And I came up with a model where we would let fans vote on the records. And then whichever records won the vote, we would go into production and make limited stamp numbered editions. And that's called Runout Groove. Um, so my colleague of mine, he came up with the name. Um, he was the, I guess the guy behind the curating of all the music. And then I was the person behind all the marketing and, and how the whole concept worked from the website to the email marketing to how we advertised. So, so Brad, so, you're, you are an entrepreneur, clearly. I mean, you're, you're a marketer, but you, you, you come up with product ideas. You know how to merchandise these products, how to sell these products, meaning, you know, you're so well-rounded. I mean, you're through and through you could you're a one-man marketing machine is that yeah you, yeah that's yeah, I, I kind of yeah I've had a, that definition yeah and I think I was forced to figure like figure out okay here's a pro here's a, I have an idea for a product I had to find a designer I had to find some of the new packaging I just started like researching this stuff online and putting it all together and then I'm like now I got to manufacture this in China and get it shipped to me and then sell it like so I've kind and, of done from concept to delivery of a good that I thought up in my head. And that's TT right T, T, T top, toppers. Yeah. And then, so you know, you know, when I first met you, we, we had the music thing in, in common. We had marketing in common. I met you, I believe at the back Bay social club in Boston. And yes, it, I, I just it, moved here. Yeah. What? A couple of years ago, maybe I, I will have been here. We're coming up on three years, probably at the end of this year. And, coincidentally you worked at warner music group and i told you about 800 years ago i worked at warner publishing warner, warner brothers publishing in sea caucus new jersey early in my career and i couldn't believe i met someone else who, yes. who has worked at warner brothers a different time different place doing a different thing but we had that in common we we how did you I mean, why you're really not necessarily just a marketer. You're, you're a business person. I mean, that's what I see. You, you're, you're uh, a hybrid. Am, am I right? Is that a good way of yeah. describing your, your marketing capabilities? It very eclectic, very um, well-rounded. Yeah, no, I, I see a lot of people like, I, I like the marketing aspect. Like I follow people like Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk and then other people, um, you know, in the business world that, you know, have done, you know, different things. And there's like the marketers out there and then there's the people actually executing on the stuff. And then there's the sales part. And I, I, I got into sales early on. And so I look at a lot of people that get these like big marketing plans together and then they don't kind of tie in the sales aspect to it. Or, you know, you get an influencer marketing nowadays and people like spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on these influencers. And it's like, well, how, how many, how many did you sell after that campaign? They're like, well, it was all about brand awareness. Um, I'm like, that's great. You got to kind of connect brand awareness, then yeah. bring them to the next step and then sell through. Um, so, where I think some people focus on just one aspect. I try and incorporate it all. So it's like, yeah, you definitely need brand awareness. Then you need to, you know, make the sale at the end of the day and you need to generate revenue. Um, and I've been, you know, worked on small budgets, had to make things happen. So I think, having you know been forced into these different situations whether it's on my own ideas hey let me make it happen or working for a big corporation like warner and like the runout group project 
that had almost no budget behind it. And I was able to, you know, make it work just from the different things I've done over the years, you know, you know, a little bit of it's education. Some of it's, you know, from listening to podcasts, reading mm-hmm. magazines, books, mm-hmm. watching TV shows, you know, I, you know, pick up stuff, uh, watching the wire or breaking bad or, or, uh, better call Saul. There's so, marketing and sales tidbits and all these things. So, so I mentioned, you know, we're on the board of directors, both of us, AMA Boston, and, and you've been for over a year, I think our VP of social media. Talk about that a little bit. What do you do as VP of social media on the board and, and what have you learned uh, being on doing our, the social media for AMA Boston Folks know that uh, I think that I've been president for almost two years now. Be finishing up in, in July, um, not too long from now, a few, a few weeks from now. But um, I'll be staying involved. And, and, and it, you know, first of all, thank you, Brad, for all you've done for AMA Boss. But tell, tell people what you've done, what you've learned being out there in the front lines doing social media for AMA Boston. Yeah, so I, I think it was interesting. I, um... I was involved, so I lived in Washington, D.C., you know, for many years, and then my wife took a new job and moved us up here, and that's when, you know, I relocated up here, and I was like, back in D.C., I used to go to AMA things, go to their, they would have, um, you know, the panels that we've we've been doing and different things like that, and they did little networking events, and um, I would just go to meet people and and learn new, uh, whether it's business ideas or marketing tactics and things, just talking to people. And so when I moved here, I didn't really know anybody. Uh, my wife's originally from around here, but I'm not. So I was like, let me look up uh, AMA. And boom, found the marketing mingle. Came to a couple things, you know, that's where I met you. One thing and led then, to another. Yeah. And then uh, I left. So the other thing is I left my full-time job at Warner uh, top of 2019. Um, and when I did that, you know, I... Um, I was like, I, I got a, a new in a new town. I left my full time job after 14 years. I have, I'm you know, I'm doing some freelance type stuff. I got time. Let me, uh, let me uh, see what's going on with AMA and what I what I can do. So I've learned all this like social media stuff over the years from e-commerce, and I'm like, maybe I can apply this to so, AMA. Yeah. So what specifically in terms of what you've done for AMA Boston, and that's a lot. What have you learned about our followers? Have you noticed any trends are they a certain type of people do you see certain content that that works better for us than not yeah no i mean linkedin was something that i hadn't you know i use linkedin for you know looking for jobs and you know just connecting people but i never really used it as a marketing tool and then once i started seeing like you know what people reacted to it's like oh i put up people's pictures and videos and you put their bios and People are interested in this type of stuff. And then I started getting traction. Like, I think that is our strongest channel. Even though we have like a, our largest following is on Twitter, you kind of learn how fast a tweet goes. Yeah. Um, you know, you could tweet multiple times a day and just a fraction of people that follow you will ever see it or even engage with a tweet. So, so, so you Brad, really got to like grind at that. But LinkedIn, if you get some yep. good traction, it'll push further and further in you, the feeds. And you are making, making a great point. I tell people all the time that, you know, on Twitter, you have to be active very frequently. You have to be out there day in, day out, all day, uh, and sometimes well into the night to to get noticed because there's so much noise. But LinkedIn, on the other hand, if your brand or business or organization, in our case, AMA Boston, if it's right for you, and as you said, you put up pictures, you put up videos, People want to, to see other people. They want brands to put a uh, face on their brand and a smile on their face, if you will. And, and you've been doing that remarkably well for AMA Boston by promoting our speakers, promoting other board members. And yeah, we've seen great results from what I've seen. And that's what you're corroborating right now, that, that LinkedIn works real well for AMA Boston and especially pictures and in the few videos we've done too. Right, Brad. And in the, in the podcast for sure, the podcast has been the best marketing vehicle we've had. And like the caliber of guests just picked way up to where we got Seth Godin on a few months ago. I mean, that's kind of crazy if you think about it where, you know, just started having some local people on and then all of a sudden 
national authors are coming on our show. So that's a great pivot when you talk about the podcast and that credit, a lot of the credit goes to Megan McGrath and Chris Goodnow, but for starting that and, and keeping it going. And yeah, we've attracted some big name guests. And when we showcase that on social media, how's that been doing, Brad, for our social media results? Oh, no, it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. Like people, especially when you have, you know, nationally recognized figures and promote them on social media, it just, you know, draws in a larger audience. Um, so it's definitely helped, I think, just bring in new people to follow us. And then, you know, the new, the new episodes are released and we're, you know, we're gaining traction. Yeah. So that's another thing about social media in general. And I'm sure you agree. You actually started, made the point initially that, that the big names, if you can connect with them, engage with them and it aligns with your brand. And that's what AMA Boston has done with, it's podcast. We've invited some well-known individuals like, like David Meerman Scott and, and Chris Brogan and, and Seth Godin. Jeez, yeah. These are rock stars in the marketing and social media worlds in PR worlds. And if you can engage with them, it aligns with your brand. It's going to help your brand reach an even bigger audience. And so everybody wins. They, they get the benefit of being in front of our audience. We get the benefit of, of them ideally amplifying the, the reach of our content. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the same. Like they, they take it to another level. Um, and again, the familiarity aspects, uh, it, it always helps. I mean, that's, it's almost, a, I guess, a marketing tactic in itself. And I think Seth Godin was where I first kind of heard him talking about a lot. He's like, People are always looking for something new, but they also want something familiar. So, you know, and this is happening in uh, consumer brands and, and all kinds of uh, marketing where you take the, you know, the new and the familiar and, you know, interconnect it. Just, I guess a good example is like potato chips. <laughs> you go to the soup, you go to the grocery store and uh, I want to say every few months, there's new flavors of potato chips. Like they can make it that quick and bam, everyone knows potato chips, likes potato chips, but they want something new and they're familiar with, Oh, wasabi. I love wasabi. I love potato chips, new wasabi potato chips. So it's like, you know, that new with familiar familiarity, uh, it always helps. That's, and I guess that's a lesson I learned, uh, going back to my turntable toppers. This is a proprietary <laughs> figure. Uh, I worked with a designer. He, we sketched it out and did it together. No one's ever seen this. So it's a new concept. It was a new figure. And so when I first put it out there, I didn't have that familiarity piece because I got a brand new product. This didn't uh, exist. These yep. little figures didn't exist that went on turntables. And my design was this, we call them DJ tracks. No one's ever seen this either. So if I had R2-D2 yeah. thing, boom. Oh, a turntable topper with R2-D2. That's awesome. Like, cause they can connect the familiarity. So, so, so. Brad, you make an excellent point. And, and, you know, marketing's the, the thrust of what I focus on in this show. And, and that's a gem of a lesson. The uh, something new, it's a brand extension, really. I think it's, it's a twist on something that everybody knows. You know, you might have that great twist, but you didn't have the recognition. So if you can partner with, you know, what if, you know, Star Wars, you could have partnered with, with their merchandising group or, or what if you yourself were a movie star or, uh, you know, top 40 rock star and you released that, that product, you would be familiar. The product is the twist. Yeah. It, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, you're part inventor as well. I mentioned entrepreneur, your marketer, your salesperson. You're very innovative. I've talked to you an awful lot over the, you know, since we've met, I guess, over two years now. And I think, you know, you have a variety of, of instincts that I would think wherever you have worked, people have, uh, you have been an incredible asset to those organizations based on, you know, what you bring to the table. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely helped. Uh, I did a lot of innovative things at Warner and on my own. And um, I guess I'm working with, uh, you know, right now, I guess, because pandemic times. Um, you, 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 you read my mind. Yes. <laughs> no, because I, I wanted to ask you what you've been doing during the pandemic. And, and, and I know where you're going. And yeah. I'll, I'm not going to steal your thunder. But I, no. once you start talking about what you're going to talk about, I definitely uh, want to chime in. Yeah. So again, I've been doing the e-commerce consulting um, and uh, work, you know, I, I met somebody through Urban Outfitters many, many years ago. He's an American designer that has his own factory in China and uh, he lives here in the U S and uh, I was been helping him sell products and different things. Um, and then when this pandemic came about, he's like, I got to switch my factory to masks and get on that. So he immediately jumped into it, made whipped up design, showed me some stuff. And I was like, we could start, getting this out there and so uh we have these they come packaged in these cards like this um and this is one of this is one of the more popular designs right now i think i saw you modeling that on uh linkedin yes so uh, like that you know so it's it's a this is a breathable stretchy material um and they're adjustable so a lot of the masks in the market are cloth they're heavier and mm -hmm. they, they don't adjust so they get loose and all this. This actually has a little metal nose guard in it. That oh, that's it. ideal. Yeah. But yeah. So this is like a pretty good premium product and we're starting to move them. And uh, we've come into some roadblocks actually, Facebook and Instagram. And oh, you Lingo, mentioned actually, that. all of the major platforms have banned advertising of these types of products, even though they're required by law. So we've had to get- Are you sure of that? Now you mentioned that to me, but, but honestly, I feel like I've been seeing some yeah. some ads for, for and, and face coverings and masks, and we have we have had some get through. It's, okay. it's very they have these very strict requirements, and they put a blanket ban out there. They've kind of loosened up a little bit now. Now they're mm -hmm. realizing the United States public like needs these. Oh yeah, where do you very buy much them? So. You can't advertise them. That's it gets crazy. So um, you know, so that's you know one of the projects. Uh, well, well about those masks, you know, I'm I'm a new customer, and I'm waiting patiently. Uh, from from my mask, I can't wait to get it from from you and your team. Oh, and nice! Yeah, you know, I did order one the other day using your your code. Yes, no, we and, saw. And, yeah, it should be it should be in the mail. Yeah, no, I hope so because what you are making a very good point about so masks. Uh, we should all be wearing one if we in public when we can't social distance six feet or more from others. Um, I totally support wearing them and wish everyone would wear them. It frustrates me when I go out and don't see people wearing them. But, but that point aside, I've ordered from you as well as a couple others and have yet, I mean, I ordered from a couple others weeks ago, still oh. have not received them. Oh, so wow. there must be a backup, a demand for these totally. things that, you know, that, out, yeah. that outdoes the supply. Yeah, no, that's, a, it's definitely a, there's like crazy. And they give a lot of people, I think probably trying to, I think a lot of people jumped in the game and tried to push it without having the products manufactured yet. And then yeah. like, they didn't realize how bad the backups would be. So there's, there's a lot. And I think that's why they put the ban on some of it initially, but I think supply is getting up again and we have yep. ours in stock. So it's, uh, well, uh, I can't wait to get the one I ordered from you guys. Cause I, I loved the design. Um, I love shopping. I love clothes. And I've told my wife, I'm, I'm be one of those people who probably have about 20 different <laughs> face masks, um, face coverings, you know, for different occasions. Um, It'll be the new know, mix thing. it up. I, I think they're in a, a good fashion statement. Never mind the fact everyone should be wearing them, you know, uh, to protect others. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of Governor, New York Governor Cuomo, who, um, as well as our own Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, but Governor Cuomo particularly, he does amazing social media, whoever's working with him to do his social media, and they're always making the point. He's always making the point: wear a mask um, if you can't social distance in public. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're, so we're trying to come up with different marketing, you know, like kind of campaigns, and it's showing the features and benefits of this. You know, the diff the funky designs. You know, this is breathable for the summertime, adjustable. But then we were just talking the other day, and we thought up, uh, you know, would you wear the same underwear every day? Probably not. And uh, like, who, who does that? So it's like, would you wear the same mask every day? And a lot of people are, because we were noticing a lot of people are just ordering one, some people are ordering two. Um, 
And so over time, we're thinking, yeah, people are going to start to realize, yeah, you got to kind of change. Wash it every day. Wash it. Yeah. I mean, there's disposable ones out there. But yeah, so we were thinking that's a good campaign. Like, hey, would you wear the same underwear every day? Why would you wear the same mask every day? Yeah, like socks or, or as you said, underwear. Um, you want to change it every day. And, and, and I, as I said, I think it's a great fashion statement. Tell people, if you can, how they can order these things from you, Brad. Oh, if that's okay. Know, yeah, uh, go Fidelity, ahead. I'm sorry. They can go to fidelitybags.com. Um, uh, it's spelled F. Let me see if I can... Hold it up, yeah, so people can see it. Yep, F Y G E L I T Y dot com. Oh, Fidelity Bags. Yeah, fidelitybags.com. It's hard to see this, uh, but yeah, Fidelity F Y D E L I T Y bags. Any any deals on those? Any what's the price yeah. on those? Oh yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so use my uh use my code, Brad25. I love this. So this and you'll this, get you'll get a deal, a special you know, marketing roadshow deal exclusive. Um, <laughs> I love that. Brad 25 is the code. And, and Hey, Brad, you can, you know, the magic of editing, you could always excerpt this little bit of our conversation and put it out there as a, as a spot for, for you and, and those masks. I mean, Hey, that's a win-win. We all need to be wearing our masks. They are not easy to get quickly. Um, an example, meaning I've ordered a few and have not received one in the mail yet. Um, the the one, so so I'm telling listeners and viewers, get you know from fidelity.com and and Brad McCormick use Brad25 and get your mask, get a few of them and and wear them. Um, to me, wearing them when you're in public shows respect for others because you're you're containing the spread of the coronavirus. And you know what I read today, Brad. Something like, don't quote me, I'm not a scientist or an expert, but something like one in 40 people could have COVID-19 and be asymptomatic. So we all think we're, thank God, we feel healthy. You, yeah. you look healthy. I feel healthy. Hopefully I look healthy too. Um, hopefully you feel healthy. Um, yeah. You know, but we could have it and yeah, not know it. And that's why people should be wearing their masks to protect others. Hey, Brad, so I'm going to ask a few more questions. What yeah. about your personal brand? How do you, you know, you've told us a little bit about your career. We've talked about AMA Boston, the mass. What do you do on social media to, so, you know, I, I'm all over social media. I'm on Instagram every day, LinkedIn almost every day, uh, Twitter multiple times a day. Facebook every day, where, where else? YouTube, I put up videos every few days. So I, I love social media. I'm all over it. It has absolutely helped me with my brand, my visibility. Pretty much most clients I get, I feel, are because they've seen me on social media. So I can't thank social media enough and I can't believe in social media enough. But what is your go-to for, for developing your personal brand? What channels do you use? How do you get, because you like me are kind of work in the gig economy, doing contract work, looking for clients occasionally. How do you build your personal brand, Brad? You know, like I'm probably like as much social media as I'm involved with. It's always with other companies. Like I'm all, I, I run, I help and advise and do like four or five different projects right now. So I'm always making posts on Instagram. And again, I'm doing the AMA stuff, but I'm, I work with a podcaster at DC I advise her on different things and help, help get some of her stuff set up. Um, and then I run a, these couple of different e-commerce sites. Uh, one is a hip hop uh, music site. And so I'm like always just busy doing everybody else's stuff that I rarely do anything for myself. And I only just started to recently try some stuff out with these masks. So I started just, I took pictures of me and my wife yep. I'm on Facebook. Cause I was, re- I was never a Facebook poster, like share, uh, here's what I did today, but I never did that stuff. <laughs> I Unlike me, a little bit. I took a cue from you, and I made my first video, um, putting on the mask, and then I did the caption thing, and I posted it on LinkedIn uh, last week. Um, so I'm I'm just experimenting with it right now. When it comes to like you know personal brand, I was out there um, when I moved here to Boston. I went to you know the AMA events, and my, I went to probably like multiple networking events a week. So it was me in person. 
meeting people in person versus me putting stuff out there on social media. Um, it was literally, hey, you, you see me and talk to me at these things I was going to all over Boston. And I did that in D.C. Um, I ran a DJ business, you know, in D.C. on the side. That's the part I don't know about you is the DJ business. Yeah. And I'd love to do an event with you when we get the pandemic behind us because we have so much in common and, and we haven't, well, we talk about Warner brothers, but yeah. loving music and loving, I love to dance. I, you know, tell, tell us about the DJ part of you. So that, yeah, no, that I, in DC, I, I did some social media stuff with that because it was me, you know, you're hiring me. So I used like wedding wire. Um, my bio was on there. I got reviews. Wow. I, I, I did postings on Facebook. Um, I went to these wedding shows and stuff. And then I, you know, it was just, I mean, I did in my, so I started in the early, uh, early two thousands doing the weddings in DC. And then I, I thought I'd just do a few here and there to make some extra cash. Ended up doing it for 15 years straight. Um, I think over 500 some weddings. Oh my. Uh, yeah. Uh, That's this, a lot. Yeah. Right. I, 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 yeah. There was, uh, some weekends I would just like, I, when September rolled around in DC, that's like prime time. I was doing a wedding on a Friday night, Saturday, and a Sunday. It was crazy. But, uh, so, um, you know, that's, I, I promoted myself cause it was me. I, the product was me back then. And then I kind of started getting into these other projects after I wound, you know, I was just getting, it was just a little bit too much to keep doing this every weekend. You know, as you get older, you got to carry all this equipment around and, uh, take up your weekends. So I was like, I'll, I'll do projects that are, are not taking up my whole weekends. And that's when I got into more of the e-commerce and then applied some of those stuff. But yeah, when you're talking about personal branding uh, right now, I'm, you know, I had my link, I had to update my LinkedIn profile last year when I left my full-time job and, you know, started doing some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's a, it's an area that I probably could do more. You, you are a renaissance Man, Brad, you really are. And I'm not the first person who said that. <laughs> and well, then, yeah, make the most of that. I think you are. Um, but, you know, in the, who, who am I to give you advice? I think you're busier and, and probably uh, uh, making more money, frankly, <laughs> than I am doing what you do, because I think you're a better businessman than I am. I'm more the creative type. Uh, um, you know, very cerebral, very doing a ton of work, but not always uh, um, making money for it. Um, you see, we should partner because <laughs> yeah. you see more of the business type, businessman type, and and know how to um, drive results. And so I put out a lot of projects that I don't necessarily measure the success of. I just like creating content. Now, all that said, I have my own clients and I do a ton of work for them as well. You know, I teach. So, so obviously I am earning a, an income that, that pays the bills, but I feel like combined, Brad, you're um, entrepreneurial business mind with my, uh, and then both of our creative heads together, we could do, make, make something really happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's my pipe dream. <laughs> um, you, but, but, oh yeah. And I didn't even get to my whole, whole point. Put yourself out there more on social media because that's one thing I think I do a ton of. If you did it, geez, I think you'd see amazing results because you uh, have so much talent, so much creativity. And, you know, I called you at the top of the show, eclectic, and I'm now saying you're a renaissance man. That's, I didn't even know all that about you, the music, and, and you've got so many different businesses going. Tell me about um, – post-pandemic, because we're going to wind down in a few minutes, Brad, if you, if you don't mind, but I want to squeeze in a few more questions. What you could, you know, neither of us are scientists or doctors, but, you know, when do you think this is all going to end and how is marketing and social media and business going to look once the pandemic's in the rearview mirror? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I really don't know. Like even just the, in the beginning of March, it was like, is this real? Is this happening? You know, and then and now it's reality and it's everyday life and who knows i i I'm, i look more at the uh, looking at the retail landscape out there you know e-commerce e is picked way up um you know production is off so demand planning is off like i, I think just it's going to be a shakeup of like people going out of business and new businesses coming in uh that are going to take advantage of certain situations you know you got amazon 
trying to run the world, your independent businesses trying to like go up against them and survive. So it's going to be um, an interesting uh, shakeup, I think, and then definitely a bigger push to direct to consumer e-commerce because people aren't going to be comfortable. I think even if they're like, you know, as they're easing into this, who knows? Again, will there be an uptick in the, in the fall? You know, there's just so many unknowns. So, but I think, you know, you'll just have more online uh, business going on is my, is my thinking and, and experiences will become more virtual and online and that's what's going to evolve. But, you know, marketing will still work the same way. It'll just be not as much in person. It'll just have to be like, you know, having that human touch virtually now, you know, um, and be definitely more customer centric. Uh, Cause you know, you're not going to go into the stores as much, I guess. And, uh, you know, having, you know, top, I guess, customer, uh, customer service on any online business is going to be critical. Um, again, like you're saying, you're, you've been waiting for some orders. Has yeah. anybody reached out to you saying, Here, here's what's happened. Like, you know, just if, if you just got a, someone messaged you said, you know, your order is on its way. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. Like, if you're I just, think actually one of those companies did send out a message like that. Okay, yeah. If you just tell people, yeah, I, I've seen examples. Of a lot of companies where they run into problems with manufacturing, they can't deliver, or something's wrong with their website, it crashes, this and that, and then they they try and hide behind the stuff, um, and then and then finally come out later on. But it's like just tell people up front what what's going on. Most people are understandable, so I think that's you know that's going to be a big thing. Brad, if I would have edit i talk very transparent transparently and, and candidly if i would edit a highlight out of the show it would be your answer to that question i asked post pandemic you i think you hit the nail on the head meaning you know customer experiences online are going to be so important those brands and businesses who already had a strong online presence and get it understand how to leverage social media understand how to be be quick and responsive and 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 hospitable if you will to to those who are visiting their websites those are the businesses who are going to win post pandemic and sadly you know those businesses who hemmed in hard with social media and with with e-commerce you know the retail the brick and mortar you know they're going to be sadly probably victims of, of the coronavirus crisis and 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 businesses is is going to change. It's that change people like me and you probably saw coming. But a lot of people, you know, it took the pandemic to to accelerate that that um, de- descent, if you will, of of, of some uh, sectors of the business world uh, in, into failure. Uh, do do you agree? Is that I think we're both on the same page? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and what about you, Brad? In terms of your uh, what you what you're doing, what you see yourself doing. If I can throw that question at you, you can answer it any which way you want. But what are your ultimate uh, goals? I could see you owning your own business. I could see you writing books. I could. I, I I've only known you for a few years, so um, you know you got a, an amazing background. Extremely creative. I I see you inventing products. Um, but you might see, I'm curious, you might have an entirely different uh, objective for, for your career. What, what, how, how can, what, tell people where, you, where you're heading and, and how can people help you or how can you help them who are listening okay. and watching? Yeah, and I'm always excited. I'm looking at, you know, new business trends a lot. Uh, you know, e-commerce, really trying to figure out like, you know, how to capitalize on, whether it's the, you know, social paid social media to reach the right people and converting them and, you know, using email marketing. Um, and, and then, so, you know, just in, in that industry, but like, you know, budgeting um, for returns and, you know, you know, re- driving revenue for online businesses and then the ones I have an interest in. So I'm, I'm currently working uh, for a small company in Malden called getondown.com. Um, we do all hip hop vinyl reissues. Uh, we do some new hip hop records, but it's a lot of reissues. We actually sell some CDs still. And I guess one of the things I've, I've found is uh, there's definitely um, a resurgence of like nostalgia right now. If you look at like what's been selling 
comfort foods and then you go to music there's been trends in spotify where older music is being streamed more but people want to go back to the time that was better and you know create those feelings so we're selling vinyl records that were like you know came out 20 30 years ago we're doing anniversary editions of these records and people are still buying them every day on our website and we're like the economy's tanking all this stuff's happening but people Oh, they're like, they see this reissue from when they were like in high school or college. And they're like, they have their turntable now and they were collecting records a little bit. And they're like, oh man, that, that record meant so much to me, you know, 20 years ago, I'm going to buy it now and then have it. And it gives them a feeling on top of owning this thing, you know? So I'm, I'm seeing that. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely been just, you know, looking out the job landscape in, in Boston. And, you know, I, I feel like, I was looking at full-time gigs. Um, I actually worked at Hasbro for just a little bit. Um, I had a contract that just ended. Um, and then, you know, I got the music entertainment side, inventing stuff, marketing. So, you know, I, I could go any direction. Um, and, and I guess I've been spending more of my time uh, lately just getting back into running. <laughs> Love that. If uh, <laughs> I, I actually had to stop, I was, I ran track, cross country, you know, all as a kid, you know, junior high, high school, went to finals, you know. Um, what, did, what, what was the event? It, yet another thing you and I have in common. And I, I now recall you mentioned this before because you yeah. know I'm a runner. What event did you do in so, high school? So I was long distance because I ran cross country. Um, yeah, me too. So, I was, yeah. Yeah, so when I did track, they always put me in the mile or the two. Nobody wanted to do the two. And they would always have me do it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. What were your times? Sports. I loved the mile and the two mile. Um, I, I go back like much, much. What's that? I just didn't like running in circles. <laughs> that was, that always bothered me. Like I liked the cross country running. on Yeah. More of an adventure. I go way back, Brad, but, but um, you know, into the, yeah, 1976, I graduated from high school. But my times were, um, I'm curious what your times were. Do you, do you remember your times? Your, yours are easier to remember because um, I went that way. Oh, oh, I mean, I definitely did pretty well at the mile. Like the two, I don't remember. Must, I, I tried to not do the two mile. I just didn't. But like when I ran like like cross country, you're talking about the mile? Well, what was your mile time? Yeah, best mile time. I definitely did under five minutes. Yeah, you, you said you went to States, didn't you? You, I, I went to, yeah, I went to like qualifiers. Yeah. I definitely went to like the cross country, the long distance. I was yeah. like my one year, probably my junior year. I was like, like the number two or three person on the team. You rock, man. I um, was a 444 mile, my best in, in okay. school in a 1017 two mile. And I, we had it, we had a field house, Franklin high school, Franklin, Massachusetts. This is a long time ago. That was a big deal. And it was 22 laps for the two mile. You so you talk about running in circles and I agree yeah. it was monotonous, but I actually liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, so I, I, I started doing it again around here, but I actually, I was, I had a slight injury at the end of last year and I had to start doing stuff indoors and I started doing Stairmaster and the Cybex machine and those different things. And then come March, um, uh, everything's closed. I can't go to yeah, the gym yeah, anymore. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I should just try and run again to see what happens. So I did a mile and I did two, then I did three. I was like, oh, <laughs> I seem to be okay. I was doing four, five, six. And so I think last week I probably ran close to 60 or 70 miles Jeez. In, in a week. And then today, so I haven't done this, but I got up and I'm in Quincy. And uh, I was like, I'm going to run to Wahlburgers and hang them. So I don't know if you know where that is. No, but I, I you know Wahlberg is the one in yeah. Fenway Park. I've been to a few There's times. There's one in Hingham, and I'm in Quincy. So I ran Seems there. Seems like a hike, yeah. About five miles, and then ran back. And I clocked it. It was, uh, it was 10 miles exactly almost by the time I got back home. And I did it in one hour and like 15 minutes. Oh, my God. That's a seriously good time. And – and that's prior, really good. I only did nine a couple of days ago. And then prior to that, it was like the most I was hitting was eight. Yeah. So you're underselling yourself as a runner, meaning I was bragging about my times in high school, but you can um, run circles around me now. Um, I'm much slower 
And if you're running 75 minutes for 10 miles, that's really, really fast. Yeah. Did you get a hamburger though? Um, no, no, I just, it was in the morning. I ran just in the morning. <laughs> just to, I just was like, hey, let me pick a point to get to. And I, because I, I went that direction the one day and I, I hit about seven miles. And I'm like, well, how much farther is that Wahlburgers? I'm like, oh, today I was just like, I saw the sign for Hingham. I'm like, I'm in Hingham already. I'm like, I'll just keep going. And I'm like, oh, there it is. And I, I, you know, went in the parking lot and turned around. And then, and then it was definitely a, it seemed like a longer way home for sure. Because <laughs> um, by the time I was like, I had two miles left. I was like, wow. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I started like listening to more podcasts and uh, reading some books. I read David Goggins' book. Uh, I know. Last year. I think I know who he is. Uh, uh, my son, Ben, is a fan of his. I, tell yeah. me about him. And I think it's the same guy. He's a, uh, he's, he's, run the most ultra marathons yeah. I think with anybody uh he's done like crazy feats yeah i know who he is my son ben knows who yeah. he is he's told he, me about he it. wasn't much into running and then one day he's like i'm gonna try and qualify for uh, like a like a crazy race david like, goggins yep marathon so i was like oh this, this guy's just he has this mindset and can do it and then uh and then i found another guy called wim hoff i don't know that name w wim hoff yeah w-i-m-h-o-f he's a okay he's a, Dutch Scandinavian guy, um, but he holds a bunch of records. He can swim under Arctic waters Jesus. for like five some... minutes. And he has a breathing technique. You can do it, you know, um, it helps you increase your oxygen levels and actually boost your immune system. I'm going to have to look him up. I started doing it. You just breathe, breathe in and out 30 times. And then after doing that 30 times, like, and you know, you just do it. Like you're almost like hyperventilating, but do it slow and like controlled. And on the 30th breath, you exhale and don't, don't breathe in. So you have, you've exhaled everything. Yeah. Yeah. And put a timer on, see how long you can go. And then after you, you know, once you start, you need oxygen. So you're going to like have to open, you know, you have to breathe in. So you breathe in once, hold it for 15 seconds and let it go. That's round wow. one. Then you do round two. And every round, if you go up to like four rounds, you can usually go without oxygen for over two minutes on like the fourth round. It builds. It's like weird. That is wicked and cool. You, after, know. you can run longer for it's, I don't know. I just started doing this. So it's working. So I was telling people about it. I told one girl about it that I worked with in New York and she was, she's been holed up in her place in New York city. And, you know, it was like kind of, having all kinds of issues, being there with, you know, the epicenter. And I said, check this guy out. And she told me she started doing it. And then she said, like, she's been 10 times, like, her energy levels have been up and all this stuff. Wow. Okay. So I'm trying to tell more people about this guy. Wim Ha. Yeah. I will look him up. I'm going to tell my son Ben about him. You know, when I was a kid, I went to camp, summer camp, and I loved underwater swimming. I, I remember doing that in some competition at summer camp, holding your breath underwater. And so I'm, I'm yeah. going to look this, this guy up, Brad, I'm going to use this. I, I, we need to wind down in just oh, yeah. a minute or two. Do you have any closing remarks, anything I haven't asked you that you want to mention? No, just uh, go to fidelitybags.com and <laughs> you can order some masks and, uh, and uh, yeah, and come uh, look out for the AMA, you know, follow AMA Boston on all the social media channels and you'll, see some stuff we're doing. How can people reach you directly if you, if they want to, to, to enhance your personal brand, Brad, put yeah, out I mean, your, your, your social handles and your website or whatever yeah. you well, want like I, like I said, to share I'm, with people. Yeah. Like me personally, I'm not out there on social media really. I mean, I've fa I have a Facebook page, uh, but my LinkedIn is the main thing where people can connect to me and message me. Cause I, I don't tweet personally. I tweet for other people. Um, I don't have my own Instagram. I do have an Instagram account. I haven't opened it in years. We're going to have to do something about that, Brad. Cause you, I think have as much or maybe even more to talk about than I do. And I'm out there every day. So you should be out there every day too. In addition to the work you do for your clients, treat yourself like a client. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, like you yeah, Brad, Brad McCormick, uh, you can find, you should be able to find me on LinkedIn pretty easily. Um, people can email me at bradmcdj uh at gmail.com i used to have a website for my dj business i shut it down when i moved here 
Um, it was up for quite a while, but uh, no, no personal website anymore. Um, my Turntable Toppers website's still up. I still have some product. So you can go to turntabletoppers.com. And I'm behind that, so you'll find all the. I'm behind all the social media on that, so I do have a Twitter account for. Uh, I have I have a Twitter account, Instagram, and Facebook for that, but uh, I I'm just not as active in that business as much anymore. Um, and I'm doing the you know the fidelity face mask now and um, getondown.com. I run all their social channels, so you know if you go to getondown.com, you can. I'm behind a lot of these things, um, but yeah, I'd say LinkedIn. Look me up and email me or you can find me of course go to amaboston.org i'm on the board yes you and are you're on the board my, my LinkedIn profiles right there uh, yep. and if you tweet at ama boston I, i'm the one probably chances <laughs> are brad i'll send direct messages or whatever so in, in me on fridays um because that's when i jump on for yeah. ama boston brad you've been awesome you've been an awesome guest you are awesome you're ridiculously awesome you know I think extremely highly of you. And, and now after talking to you for, for around an hour and listening intently to everything you're saying, I feel like I know you even better. And, and I know my audience, Bob Cargill's marketing show on Zoom video. I'll put it up on YouTube, social media. People will be able to watch and listen to this interview. It'll be up on my podcast where I put it up on Podbean and share it wherever people listen to their favorite podcast, they're going to get to know Brad McCormick. And I hope Brad, they, you have a lot more connections on LinkedIn and followers um, on social media, et cetera. And everyone buy your face coverings, your mask from, from Brad. And what, one more time, what's the URL? It is a fidelitybags.com. And that's F Y D E L I T Y bags.com. And uh, yeah, so and and use that discount code if if we can tell Brad people. Five, and you can uh, look at that. One of these, so you yeah. can look like Brad, and you can be respecting others by making sure that we, if we can't social distance, if we can't be six feet from one another, we're we're covering our faces to contain the the spread of the coronavirus. And and Brad, again. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for your time. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. This has been Bob Cargill with Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. And my guest today has been the, the ridiculously awesome Brad McCormick. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, folks. And we will talk to you. We will see you again sometime soon. All right. Thanks for having me.